that's going to give the notices. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Well, a few quick things to think about. Not many. Uh, tomorrow at 8.15, everyone is welcome here uh, before, because we're going to have fellowship, fun, food, and freedom. If you can think of any more Fs, that would be great. Come along and tell us. Um, we're going to be getting together to chat, to have some food. So bring some food with you. We're, if you want to bring your own hot drinks or cold drinks, bring those with you as well. That will be fine. Uh, next Sunday, we've got a physical service here again in our building. But the week after, on the 19th, it's going to be back to Zoom for one week. Occasionally, we'll have Zoom meetings still. And that's going to be one of those uh, that's just because of circumstances, uh, but I will remind you next week, and it's on the website anyway. So next week as normal, we're here. Uh, before you arrive today, uh, Jill put some cups out on everyone's seat. That's to do with communion, but Jill's going to explain what we're going to do with them uh, a little bit later. Uh, Onward was delivered to 18 people on Friday. Uh, you'll get a digital copy on Tuesday in the Tuesday email. Uh, also... Jason is going to be opening a house up for us on the 25th September. It's a Saturday between 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock. If you want to go, contact her directly. Give her a text or a phone call or something, and she'll be able to say, yes, lovely, I'll give you a cheese sandwich for calling me. <laughs> or something much better, you know. But it's going to be wonderful to meet together in Jason's lovely house. So that's brilliant. Two more things. If you came... Uh, from that direction, you might have seen a defibrillator on the outside of the building now. It was put up on Wednesday, and it was a local community that funded it. So we're really pleased that they chose us to host it. And that's a real encouragement, that they know us and see us, and that's wonderful. Um, next week, not next week, the first Sunday in October, Barbara's going to bring a fair trade stall. And then hopefully she'll be doing that the first Sunday of every month for the next few months, depending on how things go. So she's not doing it today, but from the first Sunday in October, she will be. Oh, yeah, evening service, 6 o'clock. It's going to be splendid. Yeah. Brilliant. God, thank you. Thank you for this sunshine. Thank you for the opportunity to meet together. Thank you that you are the Lord. God, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. Lift our hearts. Help us as we praise and worship you because you are the only one who is worthy of our praise and our worship. And enable us to, to get, get that, that relationship, that feeling that we just want to give everything to you, God, because we know that you have already given everything to us. So, Lord, here we are. We just want to say we're, we're here for you. Have your way in our service and in our lives, we ask, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand then, if you can, and we're going to sing, He is the Lord, um, show your power. I wanted to start with this because I felt it was a, a declaration. Now, apologies if, if just my voice on its own or John joining in, and, and we haven't got drums and we haven't got any, in, any more instruments, but, you know, John's pretty good at jazzing it up. So, you know, and uh, if you imagine a massive band and just lots of sound, then, you know, you can get the feeling for how we can declare that God is God to uh, ourselves and to, you know, everyone. So let's do it.
you to show your power. Lord, we need you. We look to you. We are nothing without you. But God, with you, we can do anything. So, Lord, we trust in you. We look to you. God, we're going to be looking towards the cross a bit later on. Prepare our hearts, I pray. Enable us to come to this time of communion all together for the first time in such a long time. God, help us to um, really receive and to give back to you everything that we need to, God. Amen. Margaret. Good morning, everybody. Our reading this morning is from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Amen. I've really enjoyed looking at the life of Elijah over the last two months. I've read about him lots of times, like you have probably, but to just hear about him again and just think about what his life was like and what we can learn from his life uh, when we're sort of studying him in July and August was brilliant. This month, we've got four more random messages. And then in October and November, as many of you know already, we'll be thinking about the spiritual disciplines and how important they are for us today. You know, I like exclamation marks. So here's the title for today. Wow! Now for a fitting response, Psalm 100. And just like we've been doing a lot over the last 18 months, we're going to be thinking about, thinking about that in two parts. Now, the certain world events that I know very much about, I like current affairs, as you know, and there's lots of things that have happened in my lifetime that I can just say the day, the year, or anything for. It just, it's just, I, I know what I was doing, for example, when something happened. I'm not old enough to remember when King Edward VII died. None of us are. I'm not old enough to remember the end of the Korean War in 1953. But I vividly remember that. The SAS storming the Iranian embassy in South Kensington. I was just somewhere and I, ex I remember exactly where I was and now it was on the news. I remember Princess of Wales dying in 1997. I know exactly where I was when I heard that. I remember that 20 years almost now, isn't it? But I remember exactly where I was when I heard about it. I remember where I was when the Queen Mother died. I was at Spring Harvest as it happened in Minehead. And I was just watching the television with Reuben uh, because it was the evening. And suddenly this uh, 
special announcement came on that the Queen Mother had died. I remember all those things. I wonder, do you remember where you were with any of those things? People say about the landing on the moon or JFK dying and other big world events. Maybe you remembered those things as well. How did you feel when those things happened? Was it a, did it stun you? Was it like, oh no. Maybe in your personal life as well, not a world event, but maybe something where something happened to you that wasn't expected. And it happened and you still remember it, either positively or negatively. So I wonder what personal stomach-churning events have happened in your life that you still remember really well. Something happened in my life in 1983. I'm going to tell you about it. And it drastically changed my life. I'd been to church all my life, and I was generally a good lad. I'm not going to tell you when I wasn't, but I was generally a good lad. I've heard about people saying they had a hole in their life, and something happened and that hole was filled. I didn't have a hole in my life. Everything was hunky-dory, and I was enjoying life very much. But over a period of a few months, a truth dawned on me that I hadn't thought about before. This is the truth. I wasn't a good lad. I was a bad lad. I hadn't murdered anyone. I hadn't raided a bank. I don't think I'd betrayed a friend. But my life wasn't lovely. And sometimes I didn't show respect to people. What underlied it all was I was selfish. I heard some words from the Bible and they contained a truth that maybe you know about really well too. Here's this truth. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's Romans 3, 23. There's a great Greek word there. For everyone has sinned. Amoratano. And it's to miss the mark. When the Olympics were happening recently, and the Paralympics as well, there were some archery things going on, weren't there? And so what was happening, say that the clock was the, uh, the target, they'd aim for the target, and because they're world class, they'd hit it, and all do very well, wouldn't they? What the Bible is saying, you haven't hit the target. You haven't met what God intended. You haven't done what you should have done. And because of that, everybody deserves eternal death. We're not fit to go to heaven. In fact, we wouldn't like it there anyway, because heaven is all about God. And we're all about ourselves. Until a little later when we make a decision, but we'll talk about that. But naturally speaking, we're all about ourselves, aren't we? Like I say, I was selfish when I was a young lad. So I think if we'd get into heaven somehow, we'd come out in a very nasty rash. Because heaven isn't the right place for people that are sinful. We wouldn't have liked it. Everyone has sinned. Of course, there is one exception. The Bible talks a lot about the human condition of sin. 
It's a serious issue. Here's Romans 5, 6 to 7. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's another great word. Demonstrates. I'm going to get a bit closer so I can read the word with these lights on. It's a bit hard to read that. So what's it say? Sunisteno. So what that is saying is placing together or proving something. This is the word demonstrate. It just reminds me of when sometimes I watch a film or a television programme about a court and the person at the front is saying, this is the evidence. This happened, this happened, this happened. And so they're bringing the evidence and making a case from what they're bringing. God demonstrates, not just in words, but in action. This has happened. Jesus came to earth. This has happened. Jesus died for us on the cross. This has happened. Jesus again from the dead. This has happened. And this demonstrates what has happened. It's not just God saying, oh, I love you. God demonstrated his love for us. I don't know if you ever do this, but sometimes I'm, when I'm in WH Smith's, I just casually look at the covers of some magazines. I look at all kinds of things sort of, uh, that I find interesting, and some that I think, oh, that'll just spark an interest eventually. And sometimes I look at these celebrity magazines. I don't take them off the shelf and devour them, but I just look at the front and I sort of think, oh, well, there's a, a famous person or a person who lots of people follow, and they're sort of having a, a nice lifestyle. They're on a yacht or on the beach, or they're having this luxurious food, or they're staying in this big hotel. We call it a lavish lifestyle, wouldn't we? They have everything in abundance, and seemingly they don't want for anything in a physical way anyway. Today we're celebrating communion together. And it used to be that then I'd point over here and say, point at the communion elements. But of course we're doing it in a different way today. But we're still celebrating communion together. We're remembering that Jesus came to change our pitiful and sinful lifestyle to one that is completely different. Chalk and cheese are the way I think about it. We were sinful, pitiful, were heading nowhere. Jesus came and demonstrated his love for us. John, one of Jesus' disciples, describes it like this in his first epistle. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We, we know celebrities live in lavish ways. And they might have lovely food and everything. But God demonstrates his love, not in a stingy, mediocre kind of way, but in a lavish way. A way that just says, I love you. So what is our fitting response to Jesus saying, I love you? What is our fitting response to taking communion today, together today. The only fitting response to Jesus dying for us is to surrender everything totally to him. In Isaiah, 
we read a really interesting account of what happened in his life in chapter 6. There was this king called Uzziah. He's also known as King Azariah. And he, he was, for most of the time, a really good king. He had a long reign, 52 years. And it wasn't so good near the end. But I can imagine, just like we've thought about John F. Kennedy or, or Princess Diana or other people dying, Isaiah would have had a shock. This pretty good king had died. Maybe he was praying and saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for his life. But then suddenly God meets with him. And he calls him and says things to him. And what does Isaiah say? He says, here am I. Send me. Nearly all the, the different versions say that, but there's one I particularly like, and that's in the Passion Translation. I will be the one. Send me. We're not thinking about, Isaiah wasn't thinking about other people saying, oh Lord, you're calling me to do something. What about them? Isaiah heard God's call on his life and he was saying, I don't care about other people. You're calling me. I will be the one to go for you, Lord. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll surrender to you. What will be your fitting response to God today? As we take communion, how will you be praying in your heart? COVID has had a major effect, hasn't it, for the last 18 months and longer, perhaps. It's been a, a worldwide event. And just like all these other worldwide events I mentioned earlier, people responded to. So we have a response, even with COVID happening. We have a response to God to say, Lord, I surrender to you. So as we take communion in a little while, maybe have a conversation with God and say, Lord, you're asking me to do things. Lord, I surrender to you. This is your day. I will do what you have to say to me. A response time uh, to what John said, and we'll have communion within this this uh, little section as as well. Um, in fact, let's let's use these these songs and this whole communion time to um, examine ourselves. To yeah, look at what our response is. That, that's the basic of it, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to start by singing "Breathe on Me, Breath of God." Even everything that we do to him, we need him. <laughs>
just fix our eyes upon Jesus. We're going to sing another song before we have communion, but use this time and use the words of the next song to prepare your heart to turn your focus to God again.
yes, God, we know that our forgiveness was bought with the shedding of your blood. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus, that he was willing to die for our sin. And thank you for what that now means for us. Thank you for that forgiveness. Thank you for that reconciliation. Thank you for that ongoing child-father relationship that you keep giving into for each one of us as individuals. Lord, you are our precious heavenly father and you have made that relationship because of what you did for us. Bless you, God. We thank you. So we're going to actually take the elements. If you examine your little cup, you will see that you can, first of all, peel off the top layer, which is a sort of clear plastic, and that will reveal the bread part. So if you just get the, the, the clear bit and peel that one back, and I will just read the familiar words from 1 Corinthians while we are fiddling with our little bits. <laughs> For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we come in remembrance of what you've done and take this bread to remember and to recognize what you did for us. Amen. Now you will see there is just a silver layer. And when you peel that one back, you get to the juice. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Yes, God, we remember that you shed your blood. We do this to proclaim your death until you come. Thank you for this amazing way that we can remember what you've done. Amen. God, thank you for people who make little cups like this that mean we can share communion safely, that we've done this as your family this morning. Thank you, thank you that we can share in what you've done for us together. 
So your little cups, um, they can be recycled. So we've put a plastic bowl in the corner over there um, next to the bookcase that's covered with a, a sheet. Um, so on your way out, if you wouldn't mind dropping your little cup into the plastic bowl, then we will sort it out to get them recycled. I was going to say, don't do it now, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> on your way out, <laughs> Nick was close already. On your way out, if you can just uh, drop those in the uh, bowl, that would be fine. Thank you, thank you. And we'll carry on with, uh, I will bless the Lord. Continuing to think about our response to, um, to what God has done for us. Um, I love this song. It, uh, it's another declaration of, um, of who God is and what I will do. So, yeah. you mm-hmm. 
you are and what you've done. And we say, we will bless you, Lord. We will trust you at all times. We will not be moved. And God, that's so hard sometimes. But thank you that you give us everything we need to do that. Amen. So today we're considering what a fitting and appropriate response is when we think about what God has done for us already. God has given us eternal life. This is... Sorry, get me pen out. Wait for Jill's response. Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready now. God has given us eternal life. Wait for Jill's response. And maybe some other people might respond as well. These pens are so handy, aren't they? When you've printed something out and you can't put anything else on, a pen is ace. God has given us eternal life. That's more like it, isn't it? Yeah. I was remembering what uh, Margaret said earlier. And we're going to think about it for the next few minutes. Shout for the Lord. Let's just keep thinking about that for a minute. It's a definite change of lifestyle that God's given us. Thanks, Jill. That was good that you did that, wasn't it? Yeah, it worked out well. God's our shepherd. We know in many times in the Bible, God is our shepherd. And he's described as that. He came to seek us. We were lost. We were heading the wrong way. We were literally all doomed. As Private Fraser would often say on Dad's army, we're all doomed, we're doomed. And by the way, this is the Royal Mail. It's not me making something up. Uh, This is three years ago. The Royal Mail celebrated Dad's army 50th anniversary. So they put Wadoons on one of the stamps as well as several other characters and their catchphrases as well. The thing is this, we were doomed and that wasn't a catchphrase. We were doomed. We were going to live without God forever. Jill said a word earlier. Again, a pen makes a real good thing to do reconciliation it's Jesus who's made the reconciliation possible we were doomed we're going to be separated from God forever but we're not now God has reconciled us so what's our response to that we've all got different characters haven't we Some of us don't mind being at the front or making a lot of noise, like my wife. I'm quite a retiring kind of person some of the time. I don't mind being at the front, but some people 
definitely wouldn't come to the front. They want to be at the back. They don't want the spotlight to be on them. Some people are loud. Some people are quiet. It doesn't matter about our character. What matters in our response to God is that we give him an appropriate response, a fitting response. We can do it quietly. We can do it loudly. But God wants a response from us. It's not just our outward actions, isn't it? It's how do we feel inside about God. We might have prayed a prayer years ago, or even a few months ago, saying, Lord, be the Lord of my life. But how is that working out today in your life? Is Jesus still Lord? Not just in the way you might say a prayer sometimes, but hour by hour, day by day, is he still in control of your life? Are you still surrendering to Jesus? I love some of the titles of the Psalms. I don't know if you ever read them. They're just as important as the verses. You sort of get Psalm 100, then underneath it, it says, for giving grateful praise. That's a good and honest and fitting response to what God has done for us, isn't it? To give him grateful praise. There's lots of invitations in Psalm 100 that Margaret read for us. Here's some of them. Shout, worship, come, enter, give thanks, praise, acclaim him, come worshipfully. We belong to God. We're his children. God is committed to us, even now, today. If our friends and our family aren't here, and they wanted to be, he's with them, wherever they are. Perhaps hundreds of miles away, perhaps just a mile away. God is committed to us and our families. There's various times in our lives, aren't there, when we're going to be shouting, like that first verb says, shout. We're going to be shouting hallelujah to God. Because the circumstances make it easy. Many of us know about a family this week who lost their dog. I'm pretty certain that for hours upon hours, they weren't singing, hallelujah, the Lord's going to sort it out. I bet the hallelujah was still there, but it was just much quieter because their life was given over to God. There was anxiety, there was upset, but the hallelujah was still there. Lord, you're in control, I trust you. We know after that, a day or two later, I've forgotten now, but the dog was found. I bet the hallelujah was amplified. In that house and in our houses as well, because we felt it as well, didn't we? We were so joyous and saying, thank you, Lord. We can shout a hallelujah really easily. But Lord, whatever the circumstances, whether our hallelujah is shouting in a loud voice or a quiet voice, we want to say hallelujah to you. So that had a good ending. This week, I also know that one of our friends, one of our family, this person lost their cat because the cat probably died of a heart attack in the garden. This person 
knows God well. So there's still a hallelujah. But it's a quiet hallelujah. Because it's upset. I'm a cat person. I know what cats are like. But the hallelujah is still there. It's just the circumstances that make the hallelujah a bit more difficult to say. But our response to God for him giving us his son is to say, hallelujah, I'm going to give you all. I'm going to surrender to you. The Lord is God. That's what Psalm 100 says partly. He's changing us. And so our fitting and appropriate response to him today might be different to what it was years ago when we were all younger. Over the past 18 months or so, we've all met on Zoom and it's been quite difficult, isn't it, for some of us to do that. I really sort of think, everyone, we've done well, haven't we? We've kept going. God's helped us. But even today, we can be saying, Lord, that was difficult, but I'm going to sing and shout a hallelujah to you because you've done something in my life. You've brought me through hard times. All of us have had hard times, not just COVID. But today, Lord, I submit to you and I say, I'm going to give you grateful praise, whether it's from uh, the front or from the back or wherever it might be. I'm going to give it from my heart. I'm going to give plenty. Not just when we meet together, because that's often easier to meet together and praise God, isn't it? But I want to stretch and exercise my praise muscles every day of the week. I want to be thinking, Lord, you've done this for me. Thank you. Lord, how excellent is your name. Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. Praise you. So that every day, my muscles of praise are getting better and getting sharper. You know, I still teach quite a few people how to play the piano several days a week. And it's really obvious when some people come and they've practiced during the week. They've taken my suggestions from the the previous lesson and they've done it and they've done extra and they've got excited about playing the piano like I do. And they come and I don't just smile outwardly because I I always smile when people come. But I'm smiling inwardly because I know this is a person that practices diligently and wants to be a better and more a better pianist. And it's joyous. Of course, there's the other side of the coin. And there are some people I still smile at and I still enjoy them coming. But it's so obvious they're not practicing. They come for a chat, and that's really good. I don't mind that at all. And they come to, because they want to learn. They really do want to learn. But they just, they find it hard to practice. So, you know, we talk about all that sort of stuff. But they haven't practiced very much. And it's very obvious. I want to encourage us all. It's not just the people at the front that need to practice praise and shouting and worship during a week. It's all of All of us can praise God for the different things every day that we see as I was going to sleep last night and sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's quite easy but I was thinking of the first word of Psalm 100 remind me what it is again shout Shout. thank you very much it's shout the Hebrew word is ruah 
Shout. It means, would you believe it, to shout. <laughs> oh, when I read that the other day, I thought, oh, I'm so glad I know what it means now. But there's an also another word. It means to blast. So that word in Hebrew is not just, let's shout to the Lord, let's blast our praise to the Lord. That's not me. I'm quiet. Remember, it's internal as well as external. Are you being exuberant with God in your quiet way? Or are you just being passive, sitting still, not raising even an eyebrow to praise God today? We can raise our hands, can't we? We can sing loudly. But what's in our heart? That's what God is asking us to think about now. What's in your heart? What are you considering? Going back to the blast, it reminds me of the Jewish form of worship when they're blasting the ram's horn. Can you imagine it? And that's what the Hebrew is saying here. We can shout, we can blast our praise to God. If you're in a field with no one else around, that's easy to do. I do it sometimes. I don't care if people think I'm a bit of a nutcase. That's okay. But if we're in our own home and there's no one there, we can say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you. I will praise you. I will love you. I will say, you are the Lord. So as I was thinking about it last night, I was thinking, well, why do people shout? They might shout for help. They're dangling off a cliff or something and saying, help me, help me. They're shouting. They're trying to get attention, aren't they? They might shout because they're excited. I was excited on Friday morning. I saw uh, Eleanor and, and Yvette and we were looking at something outside. And my, I could tell my decibels were increasing because I was quite excited about what they were showing me. The trouble was, the windows are open and there was a meeting going on here, the bereavement group. And so the lady came out and said, sorry, we're having a bereavement group meeting here. And I thought, oh no, I was getting so excited about what I was I forgot about what was going on in here and how it was better in the circumstances to be a bit quieter. But I was just raising the decibels because I was excited about it. In the right place and at the right time, it's definitely great to raise the decibels. I will shout to the Lord. I will praise him. Sometimes people shout because they want to make a strong point. Sometimes preachers do it and they talk louder and firmer because they're Wanting to make a strong point, aren't they? It's time for us to give a regular blast of praise to God. It might be ages before COVID is over. Maybe it will never be over. We can still give a blast of praise to God. Because what he's changed in our lives. We were doomed. But now God has put us on the right road. We have got eyes to see. And Jesus has done it all for us. Praising God doesn't depend on our circumstances. God loves us. Our fitting response is to give him everything. And to say, Lord, I trust you. My circumstances sometimes might be really awful. Some things might be happening that I don't want to happen. But I trust you. You, I will shout, I will praise, I will, from my heart, trust you 
and make you Lord. Not just 20 or 30 or 50 years ago when I gave my life to you, but today, my action of my heart is to say, you are Lord, I trust you. So Jill's going to come back in a moment, but I'm just going to pray and help us to wrap that up in a way before Jill helps us to respond a bit more. Lord, we remember certain events in our lives. We remember and we're thankful that you are with us. Lord, will you help us to shout, to worship, to praise you with a blast? Lord, as we look at what you've done for us, help us to lift our eyes from what we can see around us. Help us to see what you are doing and what you are continuing to do, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of the people we love, our families, our spiritual family and our physical family, as well as strangers. Help us to play our part like Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Lord, today, whatever our response needs to be, help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see what you would want us to do. And then humbly say, I trust you. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Amen. Thank you, John. We are going to have a prayer time now. Um, and I'd like your help, please. Instead of me just praying... What I've done is I thought we'd have a, a mishmash prayer session. Uh, well, that's what I called it, but, you know, it just means that we're all free to, to basically pray about anything at any point. Um, but I would like you to, um, to, to join in. To, let's, let's make this an open prayer time. Um, I found this verse first in Psalm 68. Summon your power, God. Show us your strength, our God, as you have done before. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. I thought it would be brilliant to start the prayer session with a knowledge of who we're praying to. Let, you know, the, we are praying to the most powerful, amazing God. There's just nobody like him. So let's have an open time. Uh, this is for everybody. Everybody can absolutely join in. Um, we can pray for the world. We can pray for Afghanistan. There are various floods, fires and famine in many places across the world. Obviously, there's COVID still affecting many parts of the world, including us. We can pray for the UK. We can pray for our government. We can pray for the church in this country. We can pray for Nuneaton, for our friends and our neighbours, for NCF and the other churches in the town and for the many health issues that we always seem to be praying about every week. They, they haven't gone away, so let's keep, let's keep praying. So as God leads you, jump in, pray out loud. We don't need to keep to one subject. That's what I mean about mishmash. Whatever God is, is speaking to you about, let's have an open time. And, sorry, lots to do today. Let me challenge you in response to what we've heard this morning already. During our, our prayer time, Let's find one thing that we can praise and thank God for. Maybe this past week, maybe further ago. You know, there's always things we can praise and thank God for. Grab hold of one and say thank you and praise God for that. And 
think of something that you are needing help with. We've we've said, who's the one who helps us? God is the one who helps us. So something that you need help with, just lay that before God as well this morning. And then pay attention during this coming week as to um, when that prayer is answered so that we can encourage one another in the future about answered prayer. Thank you. I'll start us off. God, thank you, thank you, thank you that you are amazing and you have been here already with us this morning and I love to be with our church family. Lord, I want to pray for um, Australia and New Zealand who I think are still struggling a little bit with covid type stuff and because they're such massive places then they've probably got lots of um, uh, floods or fires or famines going on there too. Lord, the world seems to be in a mess but you are God. So Lord, we look to you and we say, please help. Please do what's needed. Please make a difference and bring transformation to those in that part of the world that need your help. Amen. Amen. Right. I think we will finish with mm, In the Darkness We Were Waiting. Please, Alan. Another one that um, declares and, and uh, yeah, is responding to, to what God has done for us. It's almost as if God knew what he was doing again this morning. Isn't it funny how that works? God is amazing. Let's, uh, let's sing and uh, then we'll draw our time to a close this morning. In the darkness we were waiting without hope Without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from the throne of endless glory.
God, that we can join with the angels in singing your praise this morning. Thank you that your whole creation shouts your praise. Help us to join them this week, we pray. Help us to remember what you've done for us and to respond appropriately in the way that you've made us. God, thank you that we're not all the same and that you've done that deliberately. And that's a really good thing because that would be awful if we were all the same. (laughs) But God, help us to um, hear from you and know what you are calling us to do and help us to respond as uh, you've been asking us to do today. Thank you that we have so many things to praise you for. Even in the really darkest times, God, we can look to Jesus and see the, the triumph, the victory, and we know that that day is coming when he is coming again. So thank you for our hope. Thank you for the glory that you give us in Jesus. Thank you for the the trust that we can have in you because you are in control. Amen.